Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EM360 podcast. My name is John Santaferraro. With 27 years of experience in data and analytics, I'm an industry analyst at Ferraro Consulting. On today's episode, I'm joined by Kieran Kirk, an operations director at IMGS, a data and analytics services and software development company. Kieran, tell us a little bit about your background and IMGS. Hi, John. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and welcome to everybody today on the podcast. So I've been working with IMGS for just over 20 years, and the company has been formed over 20 years ago. So we're having a, a bit of a birthday this year. Um, we started in 2002 as a GIS company providing mapping data software and mapping services. And at that time, we became a partner for Safe Software FME. FME do data integration and had a bit of a niche area for spatial data. So at the time, it was converting maps and converting data from one format to another. But we've been working with that company and moving data around and integrating data for the past part of two decades. And in that time, we've seen a huge change in the whole data industry and also a massive change from when I started in the company, people will say to me, um, what do you do? And I would try and explain I'm in the location and, or GIS industry and get a blank look. Uh, today, I get more of, well, I do mapping and they go, is that Google Maps? And I go, yeah, it's in, in that area. And people now recognize at least what location and location intelligence is. And, and, and our company has evolved over that time. And now we're more involved with analytics and big data and the cloud. And we've over 100 customers across the island of Ireland. So we're based in Dublin. And we've from every customers from government to utilities to the gaming industry to pharma. So we have a big spread of customers that hopefully I can uh, talk to you guys about a bit today. Thanks, Kieran. Today, we're going to be talking about trends in data integration location intelligence, and real-time decision. So you've been working in this space, in the data integration space, especially with spatial data for 20 years. What do you think are the biggest opportunities companies can leverage from the shifts that have taken place more recently? Yeah, I, I think, like, again, it's a bit, a bit, it's a bit of a kind of uh, well-known topic, but I do think the big changes that we've seen over the last couple of years is the changes in the size of data and also in the currency of the data, you know, in the timeliness of the information. When I first started working with FME and with Safe Software, we were moving, you know, four or 5,000 records a night to keep a government portal. The first portal I worked on was for the city of Dublin. And we were just publishing out planning applications. So every night we ran a process to take this map info file and then convert it and stick it up on a public facing website so that the citizens of Dublin could view what building application uh, applications had come in, what permit requests had come in. So that was where we started moving, you know, hundreds of records a night, updating this portal so that people could see data, you know, 24 hours at best out of date. What we're now seeing is an explosion of data. So now customers are looking at terabytes and terabytes and petabytes of information. But they're also realizing that 
24 hours is not quick enough, that they need to be able to make real-time decisions, that they need to use information to make decisions and not just to be a, a justification after the fact. Ireland in the in the early noughties was going through the Celtic Tiger. So there's a huge building boom in Ireland. And we do know now, looking back and having the, the financial crash of 2008, 2009, we knew that a lot of bad decisions were made. Those decisions were made because people weren't using the spatial analytics, the analysis of spatial data to make those decisions. They were just using maps to justify something and actually not actually analyzing properly. What we're now seeing is a, a complete change where people want to use spatial data to make decisions, to help them make the correct decisions, and also to use spatial and all sorts of information to predict outcomes. So it's not just a case of analyzing something 24 hours behind the line. It is now about making decisions in real time so that actual actions can be taken to do something with that data, to do something with those decisions. That's where we're seeing the big change. Like we have a gaming customer who refreshes their data warehouse every five minutes. So they are moving millions of records every five minutes because if they make a decision 10 minutes later that could have cost them hundreds of thousands of euros so that's the real change we're seeing now in data it's been used to predict and it's been used to make real-time decisions and you can only do that when you've got large volumes of data up to date and being able to make use of that data so it's more data faster. Is it also is the data also more available? Is availability a, a shift? Oh, I think so, John. It, like it, 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 it's it's the availability of the data. Even when I started in the GIS industry, you know, it used to be that there was two guys sitting with a big workstation, sitting in the corner using some GIS data. That data usually at that time was expensive data. So it may be with a really expensive license cost and needed really expensive hardware and software to use it. In today's market, data has, the data explosion has mean data is now available to everybody. It's now available at a lot lower cost. So that information can now be used you know, through open data or through easier ways of capturing the information so that it's got a lower cost of capture so that everybody can use it but also the technology to access that data has now been simplified so that you can now run some very complex analytics through your mobile phone because you can access these systems anywhere and anybody in your organization or members of the public can access really complex information to give them decisions, to give them answers in any format, whether that's through their phone, through their watch, through their tablet, their TV, whatever it is, we're now seeing this democratization of data that everybody can access it. And it's because of that accessibility. And also when it comes to this information, there's a lower cost of capture. And that means it's more available to everybody to use. And that means more people can make better decisions. So it seems like geospatial data was used in the past for a few niche use cases, but today it's everywhere. So what is it that makes location intelligence so relevant to everyone? 
Well, I, th- I think that now because location data is becoming that more accessible. Again, as I mentioned, you know, previously it was only specialist systems and specialist users. Now people understand location data. Google Maps has changed the world. So now everybody knows how to navigate to a location. Everybody knows how to read a map. Everybody understands the value of spatial. As I mentioned before, there were some bad decisions made in Ireland when it came to buildings and planning applications where estates and building estates were built on areas which had never been supported, which could have been flood zones or the the, the underlying uh, rock types was wrong or whatever it was. This was information that could easily have been decided on and used for the an analytic to make better decisions. I think with the growth of this data and the explosion of the information, they were now seeing how people can make, can everybody can access this spatial data. I also think the move towards 3D is going to be another game changer again. Now we are talking about Web 3.0, and this is the you know Facebook have rebranded to Meta and talking about the Metaverse. I think now with the advent of digital twin, with people being able to you know see. 3D buildings, see 3D information, see the world virtually from their desktop or from the phone is really going to drive on another generation of people using spatial data that has taken it from being something that was niche, you know, only the biggest organizations with the bigger budgets could use the data to now everybody's going to be using it. Like we have one customer who now have indoor mappings with Dublin Airport, they know where you are walking around their airport. They can direct you to right locations based on the data that they have, that they understand the buildings, they understand which shops are where and the location information. That is the real change. It is now being able to provide spatial data in the hands of anybody in, in easy to use form factors and systems as where previously these were only on big systems. So, so some of our listeners are probably already integrating spatial data. What other areas should they be thinking about? Well, again, when, when we were looking at um, spatial data, uh, a lot of it was a case of just getting the data from one format or one GIS system to another so that it could be used you know, in a public portal or in other information. So we, we started off 20 years ago just converting the GIS data from one format to another. What we've now, what we then realize is actually when you're doing that conversion, you can do more of a transformation. So you can change that data, you can enhance that data. So we've now seen that we can actually take the spatial data, do an analytic on it, and then do create an action. So to create an action or a workflow coming off the data. So, for example, one of our customers here in Ireland, they're at Donegal County Council. They connect to weather data, spatial data. They take that information and overlay their road network. And then they're able to predict and tell the the citizens of Donegal where there's going to be areas where there's going to be frozen roads so that the people driving in the morning can look at the Twitter app and go, actually, there's flooding, or actually, there's ice on the road, so we need to be take, we need to be careful. So they're proactively taking the, the spatial data and alerting people through Twitter. 
in some other cases, we have now customers who take the analysis and take the spatial information and then provide the answer to the analytic. So they could be running a very complex spatial analytic in the background, but they alert the person to say, we think the you know this decision has to be made by telling them in their Teams app in chat or in Slack or whatever application they want. So what we're now seeing is in other cases, you don't even have to provide a map. You just provide an answer in whatever form the user wants to get it, whether that's a text message, whether it's uh, something into say your Teams or your Slack chat, or it's prompting in some other form. Taking this spatial information and creating workflows out of it that take action is where we're seeing the real change. We've even seen this with one customer in, in Dublin City Council who uses our the FME technology to build a complete housing inspection workflow. This started off by just wanting to know where the jobs were and um, you know put them on a map so they could record them. But actually, they soon realized that they could actually capture the status of the job, what changes were made, taking pictures of what, they, what the jobs were, and bringing all that information back in so that the whole process was then digitized. This is where they went from paper to this digital workflow using the spatial data as a starting point, but then realizing that they can capture all the information. And then taking that information when it's finished and cre automatically creating reports. So whether that was updating a business intelligence dashboard to show the city manager, you know, the amount of jobs that were done, the amount of work that's been done in the last week, to creating a, um, a static report in Word or PDF that could be used to then send to the customer, say, we've done your job, these are the changes we've made to your house. Uh, and recording them or having them as a you know a record of a re record for future reference if they ever have to go back to that house or inspection and do it again so adding that extra value not just capturing the spatial data but also filling in forms automating those processes is where we're now seeing an awful lot of our customers moving towards yeah i'm hearing the same thing when i talk to a lot of organizations everyone seems to be pushing their decision intelligence closer and closer to real time, that immediacy is important. What are some of the challenges of streaming data and real time decisions and, and how are you overcoming those? I, I think the move to real time puts a huge emphasis on the resilience and the accessibility of the systems. You know, if people like that customer I mentioned, the gaming customer, they, they need to make queries every five minutes. That means that system has to be up 99.9 whatever percent up i think the only way organizations can provide the resilience needed for real time is by using cloud-based systems the cloud provides that resilience it provides that uptime that organizations just can't provide in their own you know on-premise data centers they just don't have that cap capacity with the cloud, you can have full resilience. And, that, and I've seen a huge change in organizations that would have came to us, say, in the public safety sector 10 years ago or in the utility sector and said, no, never are we going to cloud. They now realize that the only way they can get true resilience and ensure true uptime is by using cloud systems and by moving to the cloud. So that's a big enabler for real time for, for me is the cloud because of that amount of um, the resilience it provides and also as we've seen with covid 
you know, you, the users of these systems are not all going to be on-premise. They're not all going to be at the one site. Customers and end users are going to be global. They're going to be working from home. We've seen a huge change. And again, the cloud provides that accessibility. The other big thing that the cloud provides that I think for real time and for streaming is the capacity to handle these massive data sets. I remember talking to one utility IT manager a few years ago, and he said to me, he says, Kieran, we're not a data center. We are not Amazon. We are not Microsoft. We're going to have petabytes of data. We can't stand up all these servers. We can't stand up all these databases. We're going to need specialist organizations who can do this for us. And that's where the cloud comes in. We work with cloud data warehouses like Snowflake. These guys can, like storage is nothing. They don't really charge you for their storage. They charge you for processing the data, but they pretty much give you, you know, terabytes and terabytes of data for pennies. So the re- if you go to Dell now or HP or whoever and ask them for hardware and servers, you know, and data and disks, the pricing is unbelievable. So the, the cost saving, the ability for the cloud to scale up and for the resilience, that's the only way I think that real time and streaming can be done. And even with the FME product that we're talking about today, they have cloud streaming now so that they can move information, keep it real time, do transformation on the fly. You can only do that through cloud-based applications. And I think that's the the re- real enabler that if you are moving towards streaming and real time, that's the kind of transformation you need to be looking at in your organization. You need to be getting your data into the cloud. You need to be getting your infrastructure into the cloud. So, so in the last uh, four years or so, I've seen the entire market shift from data integration to data pipelines that capture data, turn it into insight and action. What are some of the newest capabilities modern data pipelines put in the hands of today's organizations? Yeah, I, I think that I think what you see some companies are doing is yeah, it literally is just pipelining data from A to B. But I think the real value is if you can take that data and, as I mentioned earlier on, create action. So take it and have actionable analytics or actionable pipelines that are automatic so that they're completely automated, so that you're not waiting for a person to okay it or for a person to approve it. So with a lot of our customers now, they're using these um, pipelines to move data around, but then they're automatically creating they're da- populating their dashboard or they're automatically creating reports. We've an, we have so many of our customers here in Ireland who started off as uh, organizations, particularly in our local government, who were using our, the FME tool to take GIS data from one format to another to now automatically taking data as it comes in to populating the, uh, the data warehouses, to populating transactional systems, to updating them, to then as I mentioned before, creating the reports. So actually creating static reports, which can then be issued, which may be for regulatory compliance or for internal processes to also then creating the actions. So it's this real time capability of the pipeline, not just moving the data from A to B or sticking it into a data warehouse. It's taking the information, transforming it, enhancing it, and then taking action. And that action is now becoming 
I, I know again it's a bit of a, a buzzword, but on the edge, you know, bringing the decision to the person who needs it, whether that's you know sending someone an email to say, you know, you 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 you've too many cases in your system, there's a problem, to you know alerting someone in the Slack channel to actually kicking off a process to alert people. So we're even seeing in public safety that if a a nine one one or nine 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 call comes in that you use something like FME to automatically go off and for the building, create a 3D model of that building that can be provided to the, the first responder to actually sending them information to say there is chemical uh, equipment on this site, you need to be careful, to alerting other agencies. It's building that action and also then action with something that's reasonable. It's not just sending a message with nothing in it. There's meaningful information as part of the action that's completely automating that process. I think the the ETL or the extract and load is done. It's about adding a bit value to that and adding the action so that you've got a meaningful decision at the end of it that supports the process. And that's what our customers are now doing. They've taken the the data conversion workflows and just taken it to another level with static reporting, with dashboard updating, and with just levels of automation that we haven't seen before. So these use cases that you described sound very complex to me and possibly to some of our listeners. How difficult is it to implement, implement this new technology? I, I, again, and, and I, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm being a bit of a too much of a cloud advocate, but I really think the advocate of the cloud and SaaS systems in the cloud have really changed how digital transformation is now happening. When I first started in, in IT, you know, 20 years ago, major projects in in big enterprises could take a year, two years to do serious system change. We've now seen over the last two to three years, because software is now cloud ready, because it runs in the cloud as a SaaS application, organizations can do real transformation in weeks, not months, not years. So for example, that gaming customer I mentioned, who we implemented their system in under three months. So they went from zero to an analytics platform and data warehouse in under three months. That that could never have been possible if that was an on-premise system. So they were able to stand up the cloud instance, use a kind of pre-configured instance of the software, get it up and running, get it moving. And that's where I think the organizations, and I think also younger organizations or more modern organizations are able to adopt the cloud more easily. I think the problem with some of the older organizations is they might be still stuck in a legacy trap. And they've got all these old systems on premise and moving out of them is more of a challenge. But actually, if you take a step back and look at digital transformation as not trying to move what you've got on site to the cloud, but actually trying to change how you do things and use the cloud to enable that so you that you can move to greater levels of automation so that you can move to real time so that you can then provide systems to your customers that you know democratizes that data gets it out to them and gives them lets them the capability to make decisions where they need to and to automate where you can it isn't as complex you know um these cloud based applications like the fme product i talk about they have fme cloud it's running in amazon you can turn it on you know in 5 minutes you can spin it up use it 
turn it off. So these kind of applications, and, and I've seen it across the, the industry. Like again, I would have seen customers implement CRMs back in the day and thinking months and, you know, big massive products. Just look at Salesforce. You know, you can turn on Salesforce in an hour and, you can, and I did it for our own company and get it up and running, get it running. These systems are now becoming more and more easy to use because of the SaaS model, of course. These customers want you, at least suppliers, want you to adopt and get up and running quicker. So they're making their software easier to implement. They're making their software easier to run. So I do think the approach, there are so many great cloud-based systems out there that organizations can really implement change really quickly that couldn't have been done, say, five years ago or 10 years ago. Wow. It's amazing to live in a time when anybody can implement technology to make better decisions and improve business outcomes. Thanks, Kieran, for all your great insight on today's topic. And thank you to everyone who listened to our conversation. If you would like more information on what we've discussed today, make sure you head over to imgs.ie. That's I, M as in Michael, G-S dot I-E. You can find more information about me and my services at ferraroconsulting.com. And of course, we'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials with at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head over to EM360Tech.com.